Hey guys, welcome back to the Unknown Archives podcast. As usual, I'm here with Adam. How you doing, bud? What's going on? What's going on? You all right? I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Bit chilly, but I've put the heater on, so I'm happy now. Snowing in the UK. So it is. That, yeah. that makes absolutely zero sense, considering it was sunny last week. Yeah, last week was wonderful. This week is no wonderful. Chunderful. It's, it is. It's chundering <laughs> snow. Um <laughs> So today we're going to go through some uh, like real life horror stories, things that have happened uh, that have been reported in the news. Some of them are fully paranormal. Some of them are more murder related, but they've all got like a supernatural or paranormal edge to them. Sounds cool to me. So I say we just jump in. Um, I'm just going to read them in, in order. I don't want to give you the list and get you to pick one because I will forget what we've done and that will be a (laughs) terrible edit for me. Uh, So I'm just going to start from the top. Here we go. The Axe Murder House. How does that sound? I don't want to answer that question. You know my answer, Stephen. Do you know what? Do you know what? What do you think I'm going to say when you ask me that question? Can't wait to go. What? That's what you're going to say. I can't wait to go there. That's how good it sounds. No, 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 no. You know what I'd say. You're going to say, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going while, there. While casually sprinting the other way. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> See, your feet just run away. Um, the Villisca Axe Murder House in Villisca, Iowa, is a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror lovers alike. It's the site of a gruesome unsolved murder from 1912 in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by an axe of an unknown perpetrator. He sounds lovely. It was purchased in 1994 and restored to its 1912 condition, converted into a tourist destination. You can stay there for $428 a night. What? Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. I was waiting wait. for that. Right. I have never butt in. When you've been reading these things, people are paying five hundred dollars. Not four hundred twenty-eight. It's close to four hundred, isn't it? I exaggerated. You did, yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, people are paying this much money to stay in an axe murderer's house. Yeah. Carry on. I'm. 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 Baffled. I'm good with that. Let's do it. I'll pay for you. Okay, I'll be there. Yeah, fuck it. You're like, I don't mind staying there. I'm just not paying. Yeah. <laughs> um. If someone paid us to go, then I would consider. Yeah, can we? Can someone? No. Uh, can someone just like send us a thousand dollars? Because you know we also have to get dinner. Um, yeah, and then we'll fly over there and uh, stay in the ex murderer's house and um, hopefully die. Um, <laughs> put an end. Put an end to all of this. Um, I, I've got lots of editing to do, and I don't want to do it. Um, so yeah. Uh, people, visitors report a strange paranormal uh, experiences when they're there, such as visions of a man with an axe roaming the halls or the faint screams of the children. Uh, but in November of 2014, the haunting took a darker turn when Robert Stephen Larson Jr., who's 37 and was from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, uh, was on a regular recreational paranormal visit with friends when true horror struck. This is a quote from what Vice wrote. Uh, his companions found him stabbed in the chest, apparently self-inflicted wounds, called 911, uh, and Law- uh, Lawson was brought to the nearby hospital before being helicoptered to a university uh, hospital in o- Omaha. So, potentially at this point, he's been haunted and made to kill himself. Um, or, the Montgomery, or, or, or 
someone has gone, oh, we're in the axe murderer's house. I'm a bit cuckoo. Let's stab someone. Maybe it was his wife. And it was with the iron in the cellar. It was it was his nan with a chess piece in the bathroom. The Montgomery <laughs> County Sheriff's Office said Lawson suffered self-inflicted injuries at around 12.45am, uh, which is around the same time the 1912 axe murders in the house began. Uh, he recovered from his injuries, but has never spoken pub- publicly about what happened that day. Uh, for Martha Lynn, the owner of the home, the incident was very upsetting. Uh, she said, it's publicity, but not the kind of publicity you desire to have. I don't want people thinking that when you come to the uh, house, something's going to happen that's going to make you do something like that. But it's still open for tourist visits and overnight stays. So I think uh, the owner did it. Let's go so I can kill you. What? I mean, let's go so no <laughs> one can kill you. I'm I'm um, I'm calling Cluedo here. I know it was the owner. You're calling Cluedo. I don't think anyone <laughs> in the history of Cluedo has said I'm calling Cluedo. <laughs> I know the answer. I just I it's don't not, know how to it's play. It's not like Yahtzee. You don't figure the answer out and just go Cluedo, <laughs> and then everyone played. goes, "Oh, he knows." No, I've never played it. Well, on to the next one. Uh, a deadly exorcism in August 2016 in North London. 26-year-old Kennedy Eif or Eif began acting strange and aggressive following a pain in his throat. He reportedly bit his father, threatened to cut off his own penis, and uh, and complained of a python or snake inside of him before his family restrained him to the bed with cable ties and excessive force. Uh, The BBC reported the family then set about attempting to cure Kennedy through restraint and prayer over the next three days. Uh, His brother Colin said, It's clear that thing was in him. What he believed was a demon because it was not natural. It was truly, clearly trying to kill him. We had to restrain him for himself. It was clear if we didn't restrain him, he would have tried to harm people in our family. Uh, Kennedy had been bound to the bed for three days with, without medical attention when his brother called the emergency services, explaining that Kennedy was complaining of dehydration. Probably should have given him some water. Uh, he appeared to be developing breathing issues and was pronounced dead at 10.17. Apparently... When the police got there, Colin was attempting to resurrect him by chanting and praying for him. Uh, All seven of Kennedy's family members were accused of manslaughter, false imprisonment, and causing or allowing a death of a vulnerable adult. I have to say, sounds like they just hated Kennedy. It sounds like Kennedy bit someone, they were like, he's fucking mental, and then they strapped him to a bed. So they did the post-mortem, found 60 wounds on him. Uh, but then they also found that his dad and four of his brothers had also sustained injuries. Uh, the BBC reported that Kenneth, his dad, told jurors he had ordered his sons to take shifts and use overwhelming force, but denied an association with cult, the occult, or secret societies playing any part in his death. After a four-day jury deliberation, all seven family members were cleared of charges on March the 14th, 2019. Wow. Okay, so they got lucky. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they got lucky, because if what happened was true, then their son went mental, took a bite out of his dad, and then died. So I don't know if that's I don't know if that's lucky. I don't think anyone's like hoping for that to happen. No, no one's reading that story and going, Oh, lucky. <laughs> Wish that had happened to me and my dad. <laughs> no, that's a it's a great point. What I meant was if You're, it was lucky they didn't go to prison. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 This story is called Dead Animals on the Walls. Oh. Yep. So when the Brett Zui... I'm going to call them the Brett Zuis family or Zeus family. If I'm wrong, Soz. 
When the Brett Zeus family <laughs> decided to insulate their home in Auburn, Pennsylvania, or oh, Pennsylvania, in 2015, they discovered that it had already been uh, insulated, but with scores of dead animal carcasses. The dead animals were wrapped in newspapers from the four, uh, 1930s and 40s and were among half-used spices and other items. I don't, I'm not going to read the rest of that, but like, imagine you have gone, oh, I'm just going to, like, the house is a bit chilly. I'm going to insulate it a bit better. Rip it open. Dead cow. What I want to know is, how do they put animals in... Like... They pick them up. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> they wrap them in a newspaper. No, because... The husband says, oh, not, not the sports section. I haven't read that yet. And they say, well, read it now. It's going in the wall. No, because they must have thought at the time, this is going to fucking stink. Yeah, I mean, imagine it did. Yeah. Imagine having guests round. Like, you'd walk in and be like, what the... F-? What's that smell? That's our insulation. <laughs> the expert attributed the rotting animals in the walls to powwow or Dutch magic, a ritual originating in the culture of the Pennsylvanian, uh, Pennsylvania Dutch to treat ailments and gain physical and spiritual protection. The Pennsylvanian Dutch were a group of German-speaking settlers to Pennsylvania in the 1600s and 1700s and are often Lutheran, Mennonite or Amish or Amish families. So yeah, apparently that's why. Uh, imagine being like, oh... Everyone's a bit sick. What we should do is put some dead animals on the wall. <laughs> when was this? It would have been done in the 1930s or 40s. Right. Well, so it was newspapers from the 30s and 40s, which either suggests that they did it over the space of 10 years, or maybe two years, technically, because, you know, 39 and 40. Yeah. Um, or it happened later, and they just had a load of old newspapers, like, in the loft. They thought, well, don't want to waste these. Yeah, they do realise that doctors were still a thing back then as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I, back then, I know that medicine wasn't as good. But, you know, it was better than putting a cow in the wall. <laughs> so. You just assume that they put a massive, massive cow well, you're in obviously, the wall. I mean, if you put lots of small livestock in there, you'd be doing it for fucking days. One cow, that's one wall. How big are your cows? How small are your walls? The Washington point. Post notes on the magic. Many of the spells deal with the care of livestock finding water, or the treatment of minor ailments, reflecting the conditions and concerns of early American settlers. But Powell also has in its tradition, uh, also has a tradition of darker spells, and even of such things as conjuring demons. So yeah, don't go to the house. Um, this, I, I read this story the other day, and this is a bit messed up. Um, so <clears throat> this is on Esquire, by the way, all of these, and the link will be in the show notes. Um, some of these have videos and photos attached. The video on this, worth watching. So this is called The Florida Devil Worshipping. Friends noticed that Daniel Harkins, a 35-year-old school teacher near St. Petersburg, Florida, started acting strangely in June of 2012. Also, I, I know this isn't doing anything helpful for you, knowing that all of these things have happened recently. No. Uh, soon after, she was arrested for the abuse of seven of her former students. The Tampa Bay Times reported Daniel Harkins told the kids they needed to rid their body of demons as the group gathered before dusk on Saturday around a small fire near the St. Petersburg Pier. They should cut their skin to let the evil spirits out. Police said she told the children. Then they need to burn the wounds to ensure those spirits would not return. When Harkins held a lighter to one teen's hand, wind blew the flame out, police said. That prompted her to douse his hand in perfume before setting it on fire. The boys suffered second-degree burns. Another teen was cut on the neck with a broken bottle. Um, Harkins used a, 
a flame to heat a small key and then press that against the neck to cauterize the wound. The police were notified where um, because a friend of one of the students who participated in the ritual raised alarms. However, none of the students themselves told their parents about the event uh, or would comment following the arrest uh, for aggravated battery and child abuse. That one, I don't like stories like that because it's like, that's, prob- that's there's still cults and weird shit and stuff happening now. Yeah, yeah. It's all very real still. Yeah, and I'm, I always think to myself like, oh, how's, you know, how are people like falling for this? But like, I don't know, some, there's some, there's some delicate, desperate or like, um, you know, just damaged people out there and they accidentally fall for a rather charismatic person. Hmm. But yeah, I'm going to move on to the next one. It's called An Exorcism in Indianapolis. Do you reckon they still do exorcisms? Yeah. Because there are like certain parts of the church that deal with exorcisms. What, even like just sort of normal local to us? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know if the church around the corner does them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't <laughs> think you thinking... can just walk in off the street and be like, hello, father. Um, my sister, she's, uh, she's got a demon in her. He won't come round and perform an exorcism. It's probably not in his bag of tricks. But I think that, so. As far as I'm aware, like the Catholic Church have, even like today, have um a, like a group of priests that are trained in exorcism. That's mental. Yes, that's crazy. Can we can we pretend that you need an exorcism and then just see what they do, <laughs> mate? You know that I avoid exercising. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> But it would be good, though, if they came around and started throwing water at you and chanting. And then you giggled. And they were like, out, demon! I'm like, no, that's not a demon. He's actually just giggling. And then it turns out you did have a demon in you this whole time. And that's why you say so many weird and wonderful things. Yeah, yeah. And it would explain And then suddenly lot. the demon's gone. You're like, oh, terribly sorry. Thank you very much. <laughs> Could you imagine? And then you just pop off to Harvard to carry on being a professor. Um, last year, the Indianapolis Star... Uh, published a lengthy report on a family terrorized by three children last year. When, when did Jesus Christ? Okay, I mean that this story is answering your question. <laughs> the account of Latoya Amons and her family tell disturbing stories of children climbing up the walls, getting thrown across rooms, and children threatening doctors in deep, unnatural voices. It would seem like something straight out of a movie, a work of fantasy, except for all of these accounts were more or less corroborated with nearly 800 pages of official records obtained by the Indianapolis Star and recounted in more than a dozen interviews with police, uh, DCS personnel, psychologists, uh, family members, and a Catholic priest. One of the more chilling sections in the report includes a section about a possessed nine-year-old. According to Washington's original DCS report, an account corroborated by Walker, the nurse, uh, the nine-year-old had a weird grin and walked backwards up the wall to the ceiling. He then flipped over Campbell, landing on his feet. He never let go of his grandmother's hand. What? That would be... Cr- I'm not going to lie, there's very little things that would make me nope out, but that would be one. If someone was holding onto their grandmother and then suddenly ran up the wall backwards onto the ceiling and then flipped over and landed back on the floor, all while holding onto the grand's hand, I would think two things. I think one, no, no, yeah, yeah, and I second like, thing. I feel like people that listen to this and myself know that your first thought is no. <laughs> I feel like from now on you just need. <laughs> I would think two things. 
Thought number no. two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thought number two is yeah. Yeah, that's quality. You know, the the second thing, if I was to pluck up any form of courage, I Which would think wouldn't. that he. No, I wouldn't. But I would think that he had. Uh, I don't know. Maybe watched the Matrix too many times or something. Like he was Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, that's like if we ever do merch, one of those we should have a T-shirt that says "Thought number one, no." <laughs> yeah. Or I've had two thoughts. Thought number two. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another segment of the piece reads: the twelve-year-old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she was being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. She'd hear voices say that she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live for another twenty minutes. So. I mean, I, f- I feel like th- there's a link in that, by the way, uh, in this uh, to the full story of that. I feel like I kind of want to cover that. Maybe we should cover that in a future episode. I think we should. I think we should. That's pretty cool. I'm so I'm, I'm going to move on. We've got two more two more little short stories to read through. Cool. Um, again, if any of these, we're we're just we're just flying through them. We might go back and do some in depth, but I just thought it'd be cool to go through, read a whole bunch out. Um, and you know, if you guys listening to it and any of them, like you want to know more about hit the link in the description, uh, and in the show notes. And then there are links in every single one of these that go through to other, other websites and things like that with more and more details. So this one's called the Utah murder suicide in September of 2014, a Utah teen returned to his home to find his parents and his three siblings dead in a notebook, a to-do list had been scribbled on the pages. The list looked as if the parents were readying to go on vacation. Items such as feed the pets and find someone to watch over the house were written. It appeared to be a murder-suicide, but there was no suicide note, no prior indication that they would do this and no explanation. Police could not figure out why two parents would kill themselves and three of their four children. For a year, no one knew exactly what happened to the family or what would drive the parents to do something so unthinkable. In January, police released more chilling details about the case. According to accounts from family members and an investigation by the police, the parents were driven by a belief that the apocalypse was coming and an obsession with a convicted killer. Uh, So the Washington Post reported, Friends and family told police that the parents were worried about the evil in the world and wanted to escape a pending apocalypse, but most assumed they wanted to move somewhere off-grid. Investigators also found letters written by Christie Stack to one of the state's most infamous convict killers, Dan Lafferty who was convicted in 1984 for the fatal stabbing of his sister-in-law and her one-year-old daughter. According to trial testimony, he killed the victims at the order of his brother, Ron Lafferty, who claimed to be a revelation from God. The story became a book which is called Under the Banner of Heaven. Police said Christy Stack became friends with Dan Lafferty as she and her husband had even visited him in prison. So yeah, that's quite the twist. That's very twisty. It's, it's the, it done did the twists. That done twisted. It definitely it's did a twisted twist. out of shape now. <laughs> um, and I'm going to end it on the phone stalker. In 2007, ABC News documented a series of cell phone calls to families with terrifying specific death uh, death threats. The unidentified callers knew exactly what the families were doing and what they were wearing. The families say the calls came in at all hours of nights, threatening to kill their children, their pets, and their grandparents. Voicemails arrive, playing recordings of their private conversations, including one with local police detectives. The caller knows, the family said, what they're wearing and what they're doing. And after months of investigating, the police seem powerless to stop them. This went on with the Koi Kendall family for months. We reported uh, a caller with a scratchy voice threatening to slit their throats. Uh, When the 
Firecrest, Washington police tried to find the culprit. The calls were traced back to their own phones. Wow. Okay. So they were traced back to the Quake Kendall's phones, yeah, even no. when they were turned off. Right. So when the phones were off and they got a call, it still came from the phone. It got worse. Did it? How? How did it get worse? What a story to end on. The Qu- the the Qu- Kendalls and the t- and two other Fearcrest uh, families told the ABC News that they believe the callers were using their fo- cell phones to spy on them. They say that the hackers know their every move, where they are, what they're doing, and what they're wearing. The callers have recorded private conversations. Uh, the family and police say, including a meeting with a local detective. Damn, I don't. I that's like like baffled my brain. How so? They the phone was receiving the phone calls from. So I think what I think it what I think they're suggesting there is that they're getting voicemails and they're getting phone calls to another phone from their own phones, and their phones so are off. Um, yeah, so like even when their phone was off, it was basically it looked like it was coming from their number. Like, you, there is a way to spoof the number that it comes from. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's easy to see that it's a lie if you've not done it well. So it's either been done very well. And it never went outside of like local police, hence why they couldn't figure it out. Or it's a ghost. I mean, ghosties. You, you instant ghosties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that one's is ghosts. Yeah, I think it's people. That one. Either way, we can agree to disagree. It's worrying as hell. That would be terrifying. That's the most yeah. terrifying of I think of a lot of stuff we've read. For me, like getting a phone call, it basically coming from your phone. They know what you're doing, where you are, and just threatening to slit your throat. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be even slightly happy about that. No, neither would I. Some would say I'd be unhappy. Most and would they say, would be right. They, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Jesus. So yeah, it's it's a little bit of a different episode than usual. Um, I but, enjoyed you know, it. Got to try, got to try different things. Um, if you hated it, not you, but you back there with the blue jumper on. If you hated it, uh. <laughs> Let us know, uh, and we won't do it again, and we'll just cry ourselves to sleep. It's but just some random kids sitting there like, oh, he's talking to me. I am, David. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, if you if you hated it, fair enough. Don't listen to it again. If you didn't hate it, let us know, uh, and maybe we'll do some more stuff like that. We're just, you know, it's, we're, we're still relatively new. This is, like, in the within the first, like, teen episodes. Um so yeah, we just want to try some stuff out, see what you like, see what works for us, see what works for you, and just keep the episodes coming, you know? So yeah, uh, as always, come come find us on uh, Instagram, the Unknown Archives podcast. Drop us a message, let us know what you've liked in episodes, what you haven't liked, any form of feedback. Give us any stories you want us to upload. So even if, like we said before, like a recording, try and be on the show, or even just writing something that you'd like us to read out, that's fine. Um, or even just a hi. Come say hi. We're friendly. Um, Adam's not, but I am. And I do the Instagram. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. I think that's all for now. Unless you have anything extra to say, Adam? No. No. I uh, just keep, yeah, keep, keep, um, keep an eye out for the updates on the, on the ghost hunt as well, because it will be happening very, very soon. All right. I like that. I've got an idea that it'll be a year from now and you'll still be saying that because you no. can't bring yourself to do it. <laughs> no, I can. I can. I can. <laughs> Big I wimp. just yes, big wimp. I can. <laughs> I just don't want to. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening, and uh, have a good rest of your week. Peace.